Hey there, listener, just to peek into the future here. This week's guest, Trivia Master Mark Davis, co-hosts a trivia-based podcast called No Nonsense, like K-N-O-W. I will be their guest on their next episode, which will release this coming Monday. I'm about to head over and record that right now, so don't have a clue how it went, but based on what I heard last night when I listened to their most recent episode, it is going to be stupid good nerdtastic fun. So be sure to check them out at nononsense.fireside.fm. Now, on to the show. One, two, three. Welcome to Three Song Stories, the podcast that builds biographical bridges between our guests' lives and their song stories, and you. Thanks for listening. I'm Mike Canary. Our guest today is local legend Mark Davis. Mark's been a musician for 25 years. That's a quarter century, but who's counting? He's spanned genres as diverse as rock, country, reggae, and metal. In fact, Mark's bio says he took in his first concert while in his mother's womb. It was Kiss. Today he plays drums, guitar, bass, and horns in both original and cover bands, as well as doing some session recording work. Mark is also a trivia quiz master, host of the trivia podcast, No Nonsense, and manager in the food service industry, Thank Pretzels. To me, Mark Davis is emblematic of the power of trusting friends' opinions plus social media to create real semblance of friendship from a distance. He and I have never hung out and only conversed in short doses, but I feel like I know him pretty good. His last message to me as he agonized over his song choices was, quote, Mike, this has torn my world apart. Ha, 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 end quote. So let's get right to the getting to know each other right here in front of a studio audience full of folks we both know, shall we? Hey there, Mark Davis. How's it going? Hello, Mike and Irie. How nice are you? nice to see you someplace other than the mall. Yes, it's nice to be somewhere other than the mall. Uh, exactly. Always. Uh, so um, what was the musical background of your childhood, and where was that? Uh, born and raised until I was six years old in Maine. Um, and, uh, you know, the story I always heard is my parents put my crib right next to speakers because they knew that I was going to be listening to a lot of music. Uh, neither of my parents were musicians, but... Uh, just listen to tons and tons of music. What kind of music was be- being played around the house? Uh, my dad's favorite singer was Emmy Lou Harris, uh, but he listened to a lot of classic rock and a lot of like old country and stuff. Uh, my mom loved classic rock. The Beatles were her favorite band, and then they listened to everything from Ravi Shankar to you know whatever was big at the time. They remember me dancing in my crib to Electric Avenue by Eddie Grant. So. Electric Avenue. Yeah, so, so loads so, loads and loads of music. So where was that? You said you were in Maine when you were a kid. Did I was you in come Maine. to Florida directly thereafter, or how'd that work? Yep. They were sick and tired of the snow, and uh, well, my mom was, and uh, pretty much said, we're moving to Florida. When was that? What era was that in terms of like how they were playing their music? What was the, the devices upon which it was coming out? Oh, heartbreaking. Vinyl, mostly. Uh, they had a huge vinyl collection, which got ruined in a uh, a toilet overflowed in our house. Oh, okay. And this is not friend- the first time that's happened on this show, believe it <laughs> my, or not. My parents went out of town, so my friends and I thought we were cool. And we were going to go to Olive Garden together. So we went out, went out to eat you all fancy. You were involved. Well, my friend sort of. is the one who used the toilet and oh. didn't jiggle the handle. Oh, and we boy. came back with water flowing out. And they had six, seven hundred albums and most of them got ruined. By your friend? Yeah. Never Still your him. friend? No. Nope. Okay. No, so, it, so it wasn't his fault. I actually have most of the records 
that I could salvage. I took them out of the sleeves and I have them at my house still. Okay. So I mean, I I did what I could, but a lot of them were just. My parents were devastated. My mom was very mad. What? When did you get to Florida? Uh, 1986. Okay. Showing my age a little bit. When did you uh, pick up music, you know, as a performer, now that you play lots of different stuff? <clears throat> well, my mom bought me, like, a Casio keyboard. She wanted me to play flute. <laughs> you and Richard. She, uh, <laughs> she, uh, she was a huge um, Jethro Tull fan. Okay. Huge played, how could you not be, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I love them still. Um, they beat Metallica uh, for the first heavy metal music video. What, what do you what do you mean? Jethro, Jethro Toll beat Metallica for the first metal music video on the MTV Music Awards. Oh, that doesn't which really is compete a crazy, with me. Yeah. Strongly that's the, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the quiz quiz guy in me, I guess. Um so she wanted me to play flute, wasn't happening. Um till this day I can't make sound on a flute at all. Um but she bought me a Casio keyboard, um, which I'd probably beat on or whatever. It wasn't until I got into middle school where I decided that I had to take a extracurricular activity, and I was like, I'm going to do music, I think. And so what was it? What was that you know, first instrument? Drums. Drums. Yeah. I, this I, was in middle school, you said? Yeah. This was at Gulf Middle. Um, I had done like the whole Gulf Elementary playing you know, hot cross buns on the recorder. Um, and then like I, th- I told a couple of friends that I think I picked drums specifically because I thought it would be the cheapest, which... If you're a drummer, Correct. not the not, case, not the cheapest at all. Um, yeah. So were you able to just pick drums? Because my daughter, when she got to middle school, it was like, OK, you all can pick between these 11 brass instruments or whatever. But you get to do drums. It wasn't like everybody could just say, hey, I'm going to be the drummer. Was that uh, hard for you? It, to... For me, I don't know if I just got in there early, but I don't I don't remember them. You know, there being any okay. uh, pushback. Did or you have rhythm immediately? That's a good question. I think so. It's. I mean, it's been a long time, um, but you know, I I think that you know, I got the little. You get a little uh, fake snare on a stand and some sticks, and you learn how to do your rudiments and stuff. And I, you know, I think that I always kind of tapped along with stuff as it was. Can, um, you, can you dance? No. No. If I can, I don't. I can always tell. Drummers dance. Is that I always tell people I make the beats. Other people can dance to them. I hmm. I try not. You to. dance with your hands. Somebody else said that on the show. They dance yeah. with their hands. Okay, yeah, it I'll was take a drummer. That. It was Jim Jim Guftis, yeah. Gustafson, yeah. I think. Well, there you go. Um, so, when did you form your first band, or when were you be you know when were you a part of your first band? Well, I mean, my first, um, I, I would jam around with. I did the jam thing, where we'd learn like live songs. I remember having a drum set. My parents bought a drum set off of a used car salesman that they had bought a car from. Mm. And then they bought another one because I wanted to have two bass drums because I grew up listening to metal. Um, and so I had like one black drum set and one gold drum set. And I had one cymbal that was on a birdcage uh, stand. <laughs> <laughs> it was the jankiest thing you've ever seen in your life. But I would sit there in the garage and I would just do, 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 do like just, you know, try and try About and try. How old would you have been? I was probably around 13, okay. something like that, then listening to Guns N' Roses. I remember bringing my drum set inside because my parents were gone, and the music video for Don't Cry came on, so I brought my drums in so I could drum along with it. Uh, yeah, so I mean, like, a lot of stuff like that, just kind of cutting my teeth on, like, old rock and metal and just trying to play as much as I could. Uh, drummer parents often struggle through that first period. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how did your parents take your growing... Like skills, man. I got to tell you, my parents were the most supportive human beings on the face of the planet. I got so lucky when I when I talk to other people, 
And like I said, I mean, I think it all goes back to having such musical parents that they knew it was going to pay off. But the drummer usually is the one that has the van. That was me. And the drummer is usually the one that has the place where we practice. And that's been me. We had a spare bedroom that was like devoted entirely to my drum set, a bass cabinet, a guitar cabinet, and, you know, room for a couple of people to like squish in there. And you'll talk to people that I've been in bands with that remember like it getting into the hundreds just practicing with the door closed. And hundreds of degrees. Hundreds no, of okay, degrees. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the sun. No, it was uh, it just really, really, really hot and um, sweltering. And my parents were always so supportive and so okay with it. Even when they weren't, they knew. You know, their view was they'd rather me doing that than me out doing drugs or getting someone pregnant you do or drugs something. there. Exactly. Of, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so what was the name of your first band? So, I mean, we did, like, the whole jamming around thing and doing covers and stuff. The first band band where I was like, we're in a band, we're playing shows, is a band called The 29 Steps, which was a ska punk band. Um, I had grew up listening to metal, um, and then I met, who still is my best friend, Mike Cosden, and uh, the two of us hit it off, and he was like, blah, 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 punk. And I was like, I don't listen to punk. I listen to metal. I like Pantera and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And... Uh, then I started listening. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah." So I started listening. I was like, "Oh, okay, this isn't so bad." And actually, one of the songs that I ended up cutting, what like kind of like plays directly into this when I started like realizing that there's music with horns in it, that like where the horns play a prominent part. And growing up in uh, you know concert horns band, were silly, <laughs> yeah, like concert band and stuff like that. It was like, oh, this like marriage of like this rock stuff I love and all these horns was like so perfect for me. Um, we can talk about your the song you cut. Okay, Mark cut a song about one o'clock <laughs> this afternoon. Sorry, no, that's okay. yeah. I mean, it, this was seriously torture for me. It was so hard to pick because, like I said, with so many so many memories being tied to music throughout my whole life and being a musician, like I am one of those people that when people are talking, I'm thinking of song lyrics that it reminds me of constantly. Um, so the song I cut was a song called "Toxic Toast" by the Mighty Mighty Boston's which is on an album called Question the Answers, which was the first album that I heard that an ex-girlfriend had bought for me, and I was like, oh, this is like this whole new thing that has all of this, you know, all of these horns that are playing this prominent part, and it was just like, this makes sense to me. This, like, feels right to me. Um, so, And it also reminds me a lot of being a teenager and hanging out with my friends and getting into a lot of trouble and doing stupid stuff, so... But it had to fall to the wayside. Um, well, then let's get on to your first song. What is your first song? And would you like to tell a story or would you like to listen to it and then tell the story? It's up to you. I'll kind of just talk about it for a second. This, is, this kind of goes back to like Maine and being younger because this is the first song I remember hearing and being like, this is art. This isn't just music. I mean, I've talked to a lot of my friends about music as entertainment as, of, as opposed to music as like expression. And sometimes songs will, you know, kind of ride both of those trains. But this is, you know, this is definitely music as art uh, by uh, Laurie Anderson, who was married to Lou Reed for a long time. Um, and this song, actually, <clears throat> I remember hearing it the first time and seeing the artwork uh, on, on the record and just being, there was just something really striking about it. It was definitely different. It wasn't someone trying to show off or be cool it was just kind of like this really strange and the whole album is weird it's off of an album called big science 
It was actually used, I don't know if anybody watches um, Black Mirror, but it was actually used in Bandersnatch, which is the newest, that had like a bunch of different endings. And it like killed me because, um, you know, this song and this album reminds me a lot of my mom. And this song comes in a part where something happens. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody uh if you haven't seen it, it's pretty cool it's like this interactive thing where you can make choices and yeah, blah, like blah, blah, choose blah. your own adventure meets netflix kind yeah of. exactly but um it happened and when it when it happened in the movie and the song starts and it's i'm very curious to see everybody's reactions are listening because like eight minutes long i almost cut it just for that reason alone um but we've it's, had 23 minute long songs on this show okay well good it's not, it's not that um but uh it's uh it's very mesmerizing and and it was this part where you knew uh, something bad was going to happen, and my mom passed away, you know, eight, nine years ago, and it was the most devastating thing that's ever happened to me. Her and I were super, super close, and as soon as I heard what you'll hear in the beginning, which is like the whole song is based off of just this pulsing sound of her voice, I was like immediately choked up. I was just like, I couldn't, I was like, this song, out of all the songs in the world, is a song that I tie so closely with my mom. And um, it's funny because every once in a while it kind of finds its way back into my life. And um, this uh, woman that I dated, her son, I played it for him, and he would call it the robot song. Uh, Jonas, he would he would call it the robot song, and he would always want to listen to it. It made me so happy that because that's how I felt. There's something about it that makes me want to listen to it, even though a lot of people may kind of be turned off by how strange it is. But I love it. So well, let's hear it. This is uh, Oh Superman" by Laurie Anderson from her 1982 album "Big Science." Prior to having heard that song because of Black Mirror, when was the last time you had listened to it? Um, so it's kind of like one of those things that I'll just kind of like, oh yeah, that song, Laurie Anderson. Like uh, uh, something will just like you know, like, like when Lou Reed passed away, it was probably the last time I was like, oh yeah, she was married to Lou Reed. I'm gonna listen to a lot of her stuff, um, and uh, you know, like comes up maybe once every like two years, and it always reminds me of looking at that album you know art was so big when vinyl you know came out like literally it was so big um and i just like really really remember how striking the album cover was and just how weird i mean the whole album is is really really strange and really really you know powerful and like kind of forces you to pay attention you know to what's being said uh and i just yeah always always brings me back for Hmm. sure you know, I don't listen to these songs uh, normally. I, I did hear a little preview of this because we air-checked it when we got here tonight. But I normally I get them, and I could see, and you'll understand this as somebody who's edited audio, I could see that this song had something mm-hmm. going on. Yep. You know, you know, you get to where you see what the music sounds like with your eyes, and this one definitely looked interesting. Um, are, are there any other songs that remind you of your mom? Oh, jeez, I'm... Yeah, Jesus. Another one that ended up. What was the first one that that (laughs) leapt up to the Um, within you without you uh, by the Beatles, which was her favorite Beatles song. She was a George Harrison lady through and through, Um, and that was another one that was hard to uh, that was hard to cut. Um, I tried to pick some stuff that kind of affected me musically as well as you know, um, 
bringing up certain memories. Being a musician, I kind of wanted to partially talk about stuff that affected me as a musician as well as a human. Uh, Within You, Without You, you know, is super hippie-ish. My mom was very, very hippie-ish. And uh, that song was just always reminded me of her as one of the first times I ever heard, like, tablas and different, like, Indian instruments mixed in with, you know, being played by a band like the Beatles. Right. And, um, you know, my mom had multiple sclerosis for a long time. When I was 15, she was diagnosed with it. And uh, my dad had just left, so it was just her and I. And for a long time, you know, she had... We knew that it was going to be a process where it was not going to get better. It was just going to... Some people can live with MS for a long time. That was not going to be her case. And um, it got to a point where she was non-responsive. And, um, you know, my, uh, my girlfriend at the time had went and well, we were just playing music for her. And when that song came on, she came to and was like dancing to it. And she called me and she's like, you need to get down here now. And, uh, yeah, so that song will always, 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 I mean the Beatles in general, but that song, it like chokes me up hardcore. Um, you know, I, Pretty um, Aerosmith, um, uh, "Walk This Way" always reminds her, reminds me of her. Her favorite. She loved the line, "My get up and go must have got up and went." She always said if she got a tattoo, that's what she would get. <laughs> um, you know, she loved clever lyrics. Um, she loved. She she would always tell me if I was born these days, I'd be a goth. She liked typo negative. <laughs> um, yeah, she took me to see Metallica at the uh, Lee Civic Center, which I know Seth uh, was at that concert also. Um, uh, she was the coolest. I mean, both of my, my, my dad took me to see Primus. My mom took me to see, uh, Metallica. Uh, they both took me to see the Rolling Stones when I was young and Paul McCartney. Um, I, you know, I was just super, super lucky to have, like I said, such supportive and such musical parents back when, um, 96 K-Rock would have all those concerts at the Centennial, at Centennial Park. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Tommy James and the Shondells, Meatloaf. I got my butt beat. Because they were like, I wish we could get closer. And I just walked up. <laughs> and I was surrounded by all these bikers. And they were like, you're going to remember this show for the rest of your life. And I did. Because you got I beat got up by bikers at a meat no, 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 my, concert I got at yelled Centennial at by my, Park, my, my dad was me? not happy with me. <laughs> the bikers were fine. <laughs> it was my dad that I was worried about. But uh, yeah, I mean, just loads of songs remind me of her. Huh. Yeah. Uh, what's your mom's name? Elaine. Elaine. All yeah. right. So. Uh, karaoke. What's your go-to song? I don't really sing much. I try not to sing much. Um, I've heard you sing. Yeah, it's, you know, well, I don't like to. <laughs> so I mean, like I, you know, I. So we started doing this live. So you don't do karaoke? Thing. Is that what you're saying? Very rarely. Um, so we do like a live band See, karaoke that thing that we play here. I figured you'd be all about it. Yeah, I'm all about playing. I would love to play covers. I mean, um, you dance with your hands and you sing with your. And hands. I sing with my hands. <laughs> I do everything with my hands. <laughs> I try to use use my feet as little as possible. Um, but yeah, uh, I, you know, I guess uh, if I had to pick something, it would probably be something like cake. Oh, okay. Something so you like can kind of talk it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And I know Cake very well. They're one of my favorite bands. So. I got to see Cake live once. I've seen them six times, and I oh, met them. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge. When I say I'm a huge Cake fan, I actually flew to. Um, uh, where did I fly to? I flew to Wisconsin to see them. Wow. Uh, a little bit ago, my friend got me tickets. Um, 
my friend James Claiborne and was like, if you fly up, I'll give you a ticket. And I was like, done. Hmm. So I what? went and saw them and Ben Folds together. It was really, really <laughs> That's good. That's a concert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was fantastic. What's the furthest you've traveled to see live music? Milwaukee. Um, <clears throat> if you, I mean, if you want to get technical, I saw a band called Wolfpack in Ireland. Okay. And I was already planning on going to Europe, but I didn't know where. Uh, and I found out they were playing in Ireland on this date, and I, I moved the whole trip further up so I could see them. So if you, I mean, I guess if you, you adjusted wanna... travel plans, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. I've driven to Philadelphia to see Primus. Um, driven to Athens multiple times to see the Handsome Family and Beulah and Nutrimilk Hotel, a bunch of bands. Um, and I flew to New York a couple times to see Pavement and a couple of other bands. So, What's your favorite venue that you've been to to see a show? The 40 Watt in Athens is amazing. It's just got so much history. Um, and it's, it's a good-sized room. It's not too big. Um, you know, it doesn't really put on any airs. It's like, it's just a room that with, with a big stage and good sound. And uh, knowing that, like, you know, R.E.M. and the B-52s played there while they were you know, coming up and stuff like that. It's probably one of my favorite places. What's your favorite place to play a gig, having played many yourself? Oh, geez. Jeez. Jeez. Hard questions. Yeah. Um, oh, boy. I don't. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. You son of a gun. Um, I mean, I like playing here. I like playing at Nice Guys. Um, it always... It, Shout out to Nice Guys. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, uh, we just always get an awesome crowd here. Um there are a bunch of places in town that have been really, really cool to play. I, you know, we've we I've been in bands that have gone on tour, but nowhere we really played like big places. I played at the Social once in Orlando. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, it's cool playing on stages, but I I tend to like to be down where the where the crowd is. I don't really like to be up on some kind of weird, you know, separate stage or whatever. Uh, did you ever play at Liquid back in the day? Yeah, a couple times. I played um, with a couple bands I was in, and I was lucky enough to play with uh, local bands, Strip Club Bombs, a couple times there. Yeah, yeah. That played there pretty regularly. Yeah, Doug's, Doug's band. Yep. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, um, I played there with uh, the Anchorite Four. We got kicked out of there for being too loud. I may have been there. You probably were. I probably <laughs> were. And I was very you, rarely not there. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't remember kicking many bands out though. Yeah, no. It was like it was like you need. I don't think we necessarily. Get, I think they just did not allow us. But they were like, you're just not really. Just a little too aggressive for yeah, our scene. Yeah, it was just yeah. a little too heavy. So, uh, how many bands have you been in? Oh, uh, uh, approximately <laughs> within a, a hand. Uh, count. Like like bands that have like really really like done yeah, the something bands that may have played a gig in front of people who would know the name uh, of the band. Nine. Okay. Ten. Somewhere around there. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been in a couple bands uh, where I've been in the band for a little bit. Um, like Strip Club Moms. You know, they had a drummer before and after me. I kind of filled in for a little bit. Um, and then, uh, you know, I was, there's a local band called Jayuna that I played with, uh, for a little bit. I played bass with them and then bands like the Anchorite 4, 29 Steps. Uh, I was in a ska band called Table 9 that I played trombone in. Um, and then, um, Let's Go Exploring, which was a heavier band, uh, Exploding Pages, who I'm currently playing with and we're working on an album. Like them. Yeah, thanks. Yes. Yeah, me too. I bought uh, your music, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> We actually uh, we are actually on uh, Gulf Coast Live uh, when we played our CD release show almost ten years ago. Yep, at the Close uh, Nature, Nature Center. Center. Yeah, I remember I ended up that. Playing two I was nights there. That sold out because of you guys. Yeah. Hey, so. yeah, we 
<laughs> uh, that's been 10 years. Yeah, 10 years coming up. Actually, we're trying. We're planning on trying to do another one for our new CD. We're going to try and do another one there. I know the guy who produces that show, so maybe oh. we can... <laughs> I'll, I'll have to talk to him. Put me uh, in touch. I sound guy. Um, um, okay, well, let's move on to song number two. What is it? You know, the story with this, it, this, is, this was almost so on the nose that I didn't really want to pick it. But I do, as far as memories are concerned, I talk to a lot of... You're, you're around my age, probably. So, I mean, I talk to a lot of people now who I feel don't realize. <laughs> I mean, you look like you're in your 20s. It's hard yeah, to say. No, yeah. um, I just, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where I remember being, I think this is the one when I sent Richard my, uh, my stories in summation. He was like, got enough of that story. Give me some other stories for the other stuff. Because I remember very vividly being at my parents' friend's house watching MTV, and it was all Poison and Bullet Boys and friggin', you know, all that stuff, that hair rock and stuff, which I had listened to. My dad was into it for whatever reason, you know, Queensryche and everything. But, you know, now it's it's kind of like people do the same thing with the Beatles, I feel, where people now are like, well, you know, who cares about the Beatles? Like, But at the time, if you were there, this was groundbreaking. They were doing stuff in the studio no one else was doing. They were inventing you know, recording techniques that people take for granted now. Now, Nirvana, I know they aped a lot of other bands and people will give them a hard time, but I didn't have an older brother or older sister to guide me. You know what I mean? I wasn't, I was an only child. I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants by whatever my parents listened to and a couple of friends. And I'm sitting on the couch and just kind of like watching MTV and then all of a sudden this video comes on and I'm like, what in the hell is happening? What is going on? I'd never seen an anarchy symbol, you know, women with pom-poms and wearing black shirts and the drummer's got tape on his symbols and I don't know why. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, I, it just completely blew my world apart and I knew, I was like, this is something, this is something that I'm into. Like, it just had this, this guttural reaction, it's just like this gut reaction, like, this is, this is awesome, this is different. It clicked for yeah. you. Yeah. Did you go out and get their album immediately? Oh, Yeah. I, I, I went out and bought Nevermind and listened to it. I had a little stereo and I had headphones and I put it on full blast and fell asleep on my bed listening to it <laughs> and then woke up and kept listening to it. It was, I was just so, I was just so blindsided by it. And then I, you know, we went out to Peaches Records. Right there on, uh, where was 41. Yeah, 41. Okay. Yep. And, uh, went out the next day and got Bleach and, uh. And listen to that, and I was just all in, all in. And then, of course, you know, it just opened the pl- floodgates for you know all of the other bands, you know, as weird and kind of like more out there, like Mud Honey or whatever, uh, or Morphine and other bands like Soundgarden and Pearl Jam, and just changed everything. I mean, it was called alternative because it was the alternative of everything else going on, you know. And I think it's kind of easy to forget that now. But I, like I said, I I didn't know what punk rock was. I didn't know what I didn't know who Killing Joke was and all these bands that they were borrowing from. And I'd never heard the Pixies. Um, so it was just a very, very like eye-opening experience for me. So you saw this on MTV. Yep. Paint us a little radio picture of where you were when this first hit so we can imagine it as the song begins. I was on a ratty couch uh, on a house that was on a canal uh, that was owned by my, uh, my mom and dad's friend, Buddy. Uh, I had the hugest crush on their daughter. And she was in her room paying no attention to me whatsoever. And I was just kind of sitting there like, 
waiting for something to happen, just listening to music because that's just what I did. And I had uh, I probably had long I had long hair. You curly, had hair. I had hair. First of all, second of all, it was long and curly, and I never brushed it. And um, and I was just kind of sitting there wearing my, you know, my Looney Tunes shirt or whatever stupid thing I had before then. And then this came on, and I was like, I want flannel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, right. I want jeans with holes in them. Oh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's listen to it. This is a Nirvana. Smells like Teen, teen Spirit from their 1991 album Nevermind. You probably spent a lot of time drumming along to that song. I would Absolutely, yeah, yeah. You know it in the back of your head. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, it's funny because it's what it, I'm sure it becomes one of those songs where everybody kind of just skips through it, right? Um, but it's it's refreshing sitting down and listening to it. I don't think I even I've listened to it in a while. We've done it. Uh, we've done it for that karaoke thing that I do, the live band karaoke, and. Um, you know, it's just, it's such an easy song. It's such an overdone song, but it's still so good. And uh, just the dynamics of it and stuff, um, it's still so angry. You know, it's it's just got like such, you know, like to the point where you can't understand what the hell he's saying. Um, which, you know, it's funny because I'm a huge Weird Al fan. Weird Al's probably actually the first record I bought. Oh, really? That yeah. was one of my questions that I was going to get to. So <laughs> well, guess you. what? <laughs> Gotcha. Was no. it a record or was it a CD it was or vinyl. a tape? It was vinyl. Okay. It was vinyl. Weird um, vinyl. Oh. It's Specs yeah. wow. in Fort Myers. Deep roots, Mark. Davis. Yeah, very deep. Yes. I bought, uh, or I, yeah, I bought um, uh, Polka Party, I think, from there. And uh, the Fat Boys. The Fat Boys made me feel like it was all right to be fat. So that made me feel pretty good as a kid. Um, and I listened to, yeah, I listened to like a lot of rap when I was younger, um, partially because of them. And Weird Al, I was a huge, and I'm still, I'm actually going to see him in a couple months here. Uh, have you seen him before? Yes. Yes. Have, did you ever see Nirvana? Uh, no. No. One of, my, one of my big regrets. I probably could have gone, you know, at some point. I think he died in 1994 or so. Something like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I probably could have gotten away with... Uh, Seeing him, and I totally blew it, probably. Uh, you know, and this has come up on the show before, but the reason that I didn't get into Nirvana is I discovered Moxie Fruvis, you know, the four-piece Canadian harmony band that just, you know, that drove me away from grunge for the next five years. That's me. Thank you very much. That's and how true, often do you run into people story. that know who Moxie Fruvis is? Not very is. often, and you are a recent example. I am. Is interesting, yes. Yeah, I because of uh, their connection to They Might Be Giants, which right, is one of right. my favorite bands. Uh. And uh, they... Uh, uh, they covered a uh, um, They Might Be a Giant song, and everybody said that a couple. One of their singers specifically sounds a lot like yeah, yeah. one of the Johns. And uh, I was like, okay, who is this? And I heard King of Spain, and I was like, this is weird and good. Yeah, yeah. I love weird stuff. So yeah, weird and good. That's a pretty That's good way to put it. Yeah, br- yeah, break them down. Um, you said you don't really do karaoke. You don't really like to sing. Do you like to sing, or do you sing if nobody's around? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, enjoy the experience of singing for sure. And I, I mean. You know, I like I, I I like to think that I can sing. I love harmonizing. Uh, that's like that's that's one of my big things. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on, find Not something. Now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I get my enjoyment. I've. I am not. Um, I actually heard. Uh, I listened to a podcast today where Gwyneth Paltrow was saying 
the same thing. I was like, oh my, that's exactly how I feel. I don't want to be the main voice. I want to be the harmonizing voice. Like, that's kind of where I'm more comfortable. Do you have any TV theme songs committed to memory? And if so, would you like to pre- present them for us now? Before answering the second one, I will say no. Or before answering the first one, I'll say no to the second one. I do not want to perform it. It's, but I have not many. too late. Um, uh, different strokes. You know, one of my favorite teams. Different strokes. One of my How does that start, though? Be? Will the world don't move to the Ooh, beat of just one drum? <laughs> well, I'd be right for you. All right, you're not going to get me anyway. Uh, silver, <laughs> silver spoons. Okay. I think is oh, a very silver is, spoons is a vastly ah. underrated theme song. Let's hear it. No. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, do you have that queued up? No. Was that one of my I can songs? Make it happen. Yeah, bring uh, that up here. It has we'll a, uh, it's a, it's a we'll do hair metal guitar solo. I haven't thought of that that show in a long time. Yeah. One of my best friends still to this day, back in middle school, looked just like Ricky Schroeder. Really. Got- all the chicks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky Shorter was A1 back then. He was top choice for all of the ladies. And in that show, he had all the toys. He had a car that looked like a race car, or a bed that looked like a race car. Here we go. Oh. It's here. You know I know it. We are face to face a couple of silver spoons. Yeah. Happen to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go. Guitar licks, man. That's where it's at. I don't hear the guitar. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I could have been. I could have been convinced that was keyboards. <laughs> Listen to this. Beautiful. Is that not art? Is that not beautiful? It's perfect. It's like the perfect theme song. I feel like I need to go out and find Silver Spoons now and binge watch it. You should. Do you think it holds up? Does it hold up? Is to learn all about those things even out you there? just Is can't buy. Can watch now? Yeah, How you old know? were you when you watched that? Like when you... Oh, geez. I was, I was probably like eight or nine. Do you think... I mean, some pretty strong harmonies, actually. In the, like, do you... Did TV or anything have an effect on the way that you like music? I'm sure. I'm sure it did. I mean, um, you know, I listened to, or I watched uh, California Dreams, which was like the knockoff, uh, uh, the knockoff Saved by the Bell, yeah. where they had a rock band. Um, <laughs> the knockoff Saved by the Bell. Yeah, it was like generic Saved by the Bell. Like Saved by the Bell wasn't generic enough. <laughs> we need to have it even more generic. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure of it. I, but, you know, so much, so, so much was my parents had a music room, you know, where they had the record player and all the records and stuff. Like, music was just such a central part that I think I would start listening to songs like that and I would pick up on all of these different things. And even now, like, when, uh, when I'm learning covers or something like that, I always, like, hear these little intricacies, you know, where I'm like, oh, this little thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like... No, it's doing this thing, you know. Like I just, I just kind of have an ear for it, and it's probably just from listening to so much stuff and and picking, you know, picking little things out. What about like Broadway musicals or musical movies? 
I hate both, actually. Okay, well, okay. I can't say I hate Broadway musicals. I mean, and I'm not saying that it's not, you know, there's no talent to it or whatever. You won't say. Music and movies. Say. So I'm a huge Beatles fan. Okay. Oh, across as I the feel universe. everyone should be. Uh, I hate across the universe. Uh, oh. Oh. That hurt Mike. I'm sorry. Uh. The thing is, it's just <laughs> its just so cheesy to me. It's just like they tried so hard to like shoehorn every Beatles reference in the world into it. I'd rather just listen to the Beatles, and I'd rather just watch a movie. I'd, I'm fine with watching a movie about the Beatles, but not one where they're like, you know. I remember watching a little bit of, of it, and someone was like, she came in through the bathroom window, and I was like, enough. Enough. <laughs> Done. Please, please shut up. Please don't do this to me. It was gonna, just too much. Are you going to go see Yesterday? I am. I'll see Yesterday. I still want to see Bohemian Rhapsody, which I haven't seen. Uh, I still want to see Rocket Man. Is um, that out? It's not out yet, no, oh. but I'm going to be seeing that. Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, <laughs> Here comes doom, doom. the Munsters. Or is it the Munsters? Or? I don't know what the hell. That's like uh, oh, no, this means, this opening means, music for 20th Century Fox. Yeah, yeah, this means uh, the Northern Exposure DVD box set is about to play in my <laughs> Oh, head. man. Okay. You are really throwing it back. Northern Exposure. Holy explain, cow. Explain uh, yesterday real quick for people who haven't heard of it before. Uh, so yesterday is a concept of a world where only one man remembers the Beatles. And they cease to exist in com- in uh, in uh, everyone's minds. So he knows all of these Beatles songs, but no one else knows who the Beatles are. So he basically gets away. <laughs> this is my third song. Thanks, Richard. There you go. <laughs> um, so yeah, the, it's the pinball machine. <laughs> so yeah, the uh, the 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 whole idea is that he is writing all these Beatles songs, and people are like, these are amazing. And he's like, yeah, thanks. But you don't really know what, you know, if there's any kind of uh, issue with that or what happens. So it's going to be very interesting. So you make, so there's room, there's room for musical kind of movies. Is there, is there a straight up musical that you do like? Like any? So, um, you know, so when I was a kid, I used to play uh, uh, bass. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> a couple times I played bass and drums for um, musicals that my high school had. So I played drums for The Wiz, um, which was good. Um, and I played drums for Guys and Dolls, which there's a song on there that's not in the movie called Mary the Man, which I love still. And that's definitely like a musical, musical song that I like. But I think it's more like a memory thing than it is like me necessarily like liking it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of it is is good. It's just not my cup of tea. You seen Baby Driver? Oh, God. Yeah, I love Baby Driver. Now, that's like a musical. Like They, they have this new thing where it's like... Song movies that aren't musicals. There's nobody busting out in song, but the soundtrack is a character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know I'm a big Wes Anderson fan. Ah, yes. And Wes Anderson kind of started writing the book on having soundtracks that stand alone. I remember seeing Rushmore and being like, all the music in this. I bought that soundtrack. I oh yeah, to it a lot. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is outstanding. It's outstanding, and the, the soundtrack to Royal Tenenbaums is outstanding. I mean, the music that he picks. And, you know, started introducing me to a lot of people like, I listened to Velvet Underground and Nico, but the first time I really listened to Nico as a solo artist was on that Nick Drake and a bunch of other people. Um, Creation, who did the like one of the main songs from Rushmore, Making Time. Um, yeah, I mean, like one of you said it perfectly, like music as a character. Right. Um, where it just plays so heavily. So Baby Driver... It's done so well. It's done so creatively. Um, 
and uh, not cheesily, in my opinion. Um, but I know some people hate it. I loved Baby Driver. Sorry for the cheese and across the <laughs> No, no, no. It's, it's fine. It's I mean, tasty sometimes. It's, uh, there's a giant place in the world for it, obviously. It's just not... It's not my piece. You know what I mean? Do you have a... Um, you've performed a lot of music. Do you have sort of a peak musical memory of performing, of when all the stars were aligned? Yeah, I mean, um, <clears throat> I got to play drums with a band called Beulah, which are one of my favorite bands of all time. They were going on their last tour. And, um, How'd that come about? So we, I went to go... I, I basically followed them around like two or three dates. Um, I saw them in Tampa, and their drummer's hi-hat stand broke. Well... <laughs> I'll back up a little bit just quickly. I drove to Athens to see them for the first time. I met the singer outside the venue. It's one of the things I love about indie music is that you're able to meet these people a lot easier. You know, when, you, when you're when you into Adele or something, it's like your chances of meeting Adele, basically zero. But your chance of meeting, you know, the singer of a band like Built to Spill or something like that is pretty high. And you can go up to someone and be like, your album changed my life. You know what I mean? Like you can yeah. you can meet these people and and talk to them, and they're generally really really awesome people. Um, so he was outside. I told him, "Hey, I drove from Florida to see you." He invited me up on stage to play percussion with him. Sometimes they'd have people come up and just play percussion. Well, they didn't know I'm a drummer, so like, do you want maracas or tambourine? I was like, I'll do both. Played both. They were like, "Oh, wow, this guy actually knows what he's doing." A couple years later, saw him in Tampa. Um, their hot drummer's hi-hat stand broke. I was like, I'm going to see you tomorrow night in Orlando. Do you want me to just pick one up for you? You can just pay me back. They said, sure. So the next day I got to the venue early. I gave them the hi-hat stand. I'm like, look, I know this is your last tour. I know this is asking a lot, but I'm a huge fan. You know that I'm a drummer. Could I play on a song? He brings me to the lead singer, and he's like <laughs> sitting there with all this money and all these bills, and he like looks up at me, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if I want to ask him. This is going to be in the biopic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I ask him, and he's like, what song do you want to do? I was like, any of them. And he says, sure. And so at the social in Orlando, I get to play. Um, and it was like, I can't believe this is happening right now. I can't believe I'm playing with one of my favorite bands. It, that's that's one of them. Um, and I mean, just playing so many shows around here. Um, I was in this band, Anchorite 4, that went on tour a couple times and played a lot around here. Um, and we played a show at Cool Hand Luke's. I remember it. Yep. <laughs> Vegan oh, ice cool cream and Luke. indie music. Uh, Luke Martin, who used, to, who used yeah, to be he one used of your coworkers. Be, yeah, he was our one of our people. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's so. on my he's Still on my is our people, year two but. guest list. We're going to yank him out of San oh, Diego and get him. We're going to get him once we have a travel budget. Yeah. 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 he's Well, I'm trying to get him down here, too. Yeah. So Let us know. Yeah, I certainly will. Um, So uh, I was in a band with for a bunch of years with him called Let's Go Exploring. He and Mike Cosden owned a place, and there was a benefit for... Um, for a guy named Tom, who was a local drummer around here, uh, that passed away, and we were able to get together and play a reunion show for that, and it was like a hundred and three degrees, and just everybody packed in there, and just ridiculous and loud, like your bedroom when you were. And it was little. amazing, exactly. I mean, I remember, I remember playing with my back to the window and turning around. The whole window was fogged up, and there were people just like standing there because they couldn't get in. And it was, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there were a couple of people here that were there, and it was just, the energy was just, like, stupid. We did, like, 20-something songs, and it was just, um, it was just, like, the best energy of all time, you know? It was just, like, all there for, like, a good cause, and, um, 
and like just playing for all these people that wanted to hear us. It was really, really awesome. I'm sure there's other ones, but... And what, what was so great about that place is, was a room not much bigger than this, and it was just in a little strip plaza, mm -hmm. but there was a lot of magic there. There was. Yeah. Yeah, I miss that place dearly. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, um, I mean, it's hard to have a vegan ice cream shop yeah. in Fort Myers, Florida. I wasn't kidding. Yeah. Was yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, the time that was there and the show, you know, the shows they had there and the, and the bands that they had there were some all that I'll I'm always, so glad we're giving remember. a shout out to Luke. And absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Got to give a shout out to Luke. Um, okay. Song three. It's time. Song three. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, if you didn't hear, or maybe you don't remember, it's um, Talking Heads, Naive Melody, This Must Be the Place, um, which I have two distinct memories of. Uh, the first one is the first time I saw Stop Making Sense, which I don't know if you've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. I watched it on VCR. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it and you like music at all, and if you like the Talking Heads at all, a lot of people, it was done by Jonathan Demme, and a lot of people consider it the best musical documentary of all time. Uh, it was recorded over a couple of nights, I think, in the mid-'80s. Um, Talking Heads are one of my favorite bands, Far and Away. And I remember the first time I watched this, uh, I watched Stop Making Sense, I didn't like it. I didn't really get it. I, it was a little too, I don't know, I, it just wasn't for me. And then I ended up watching it with a close friend of mine, and I fell in love with it. And the scene where they're doing this song, we're going to listen to the album version, but you had initially sent me... The version from Stop Making Sense. And it's not too late, Mark. No, no. It's we are fun. that flexible. No, no, it's okay. It's all right. Um, so in this version, it's basically just him on stage dancing with a lamp. With a lamp. And uh, it sounds silly, uh, but it's, it's amazing. It's really, really beautiful, and it's really, really well done. Um, and uh, the song ended up taking on an additional meaning. Uh, this girl that I've been seeing who lives over in Los Angeles, um, uh, this kind of... we kind of took this song on as being you know something that we both remember and both love and i was over there it was the first time i'd ever been to california and we went out to uh see the pacific i'd never been out there so we went to malibu and while we were out there i put it on and we danced out in the in the beach and it was very romantic and and very wonderful so now for better you know for 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 eternity i am going to relate this song to that so it's got a very nice memory to it. All right. Well, let's let's go over there to L.A. Uh, out out <laughs> out there to L.A. to uh, listen to this must be the place naive melody, uh, 1983 album, speaking in tongues. Like, are you always always drumming in your head? Yes. <laughs> Constantly. That's what I'm I was thinking you. as a drummer. Because I mean, even I'm kind of drumming along. But you're a drummer. Do you see it? Do you feel it? Is it like always kind of like that's the syncopation, that's the backbeat, that's what's going on? I mean, it's not necessarily drums, but it's music. I'm like, like I'm kind of, I'm an arranger, so um, you're what an arranger. So an I, arranger. I thought you arranger. were in a ranger, like <laughs> Ford that, pickup. I'm truck. sure I've been an arranger okay. at some point in my life, Mike. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm an arranger. So a lot of times, Mike, who's kind of like my musical better half for the most part, will bring songs, and then I will help move stuff around if I feel like something's out of place or something needs to be... So a lot of times I'll listen to somebody like, why didn't they double that? Why, why didn't they cut that in half? Why right, did they put right. that there? So, I mean, like, I'm telling you, it's terrible. Like, <laughs> talking to me all the time is a headache because I will... If, if I'm not saying it out loud in my head, I'm... Someone's saying something that reminds me of lyrics, and I'll just say lyrics all of the time. Uh, or if I'm listening to songs... 
it's not like it's probably like you with radio, you know, where you hear stuff or hear someone interviewing and you're like, that was a good question. That was a dumb question. You know, like, why didn't you ask them more about that? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe. Sort of. Uh, yeah. Okay. No. I, I met Neil Conan once. Do you remember Neil Conan? Oh yeah. I remember Neil Talk Conan. Of the Nation. I got to meet him once, and he said, when he's not hosting Talk of the Nation, he's like, I don't listen because either they're doing it better than me and it makes me mad, or they're doing it worse than me and it makes me mad. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and I and I feel that. Yeah, I hear that for sure. So, who were you dancing with in California? Uh, it's a uh, woman named Scarlett who lives out there. Who. Stay in touch been, with Scarlett. Oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. You guys danced to a romantic song again in the <laughs> intervening years. At some point, yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Okay, absolutely. Um, so let's talk about uh, songs that almost made it to your list. Now we knew what your fourth song was because you bumped it, you know, five hours ago. But what were some of the <laughs> other ones that were in the um, the universe of almost made it songs? Uh, Within you, without you, by the Beatles was one of them. Um, Be- because of the connection of the story that you told us earlier. Or- um, it was just, um, I, you know, part of me felt bad because I connected so much with my mom. My dad passed away this past year and I felt bad having a song for my mom, but not my dad. So I was kind of like, that's not fair. Um, and I felt it was kind of less my memory than, um, than my ex's memory. And I felt I just probably need a couple of I didn't want to like become a blood uh, end up crying and a being blubbering a person yeah, exactly. on stage here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was one of them. And, of course, I'm going to compl- draw a complete blank as to all the other ones. I mean, um, Tonight Tonight by Smashing Pumpkins is a song I listened to when I first found out that my grandfather had a stroke while he was mowing the lawn. So I went into my room, and, like, that was the first song I could put on and cried my eyes out. It was the first, like, someone that I'm really close to, like, one of my, like, family members is sick and not going to get better. Um, and so I, re- I remember that. Um uh, if, I mean, I had like a rush of stuff where I was a lot of stuff where I was like, well, I'm not even going to consider that. But I definitely like had a bunch of songs kind of like hit me. Uh, Yellow by Coldplay. Mm-hmm. I associate with my mom. Um, she actually had heard Coldplay before me and kind of let me. Oh, in, wow. That's interesting. Uh, on it. Yeah. Um, All My Little Words uh, by uh, Magnetic Fields is another one with my mom. And one that I. Um, uh, one that I was kind of in, I was crazy about having and kind of fell by the wayside was, uh, is a song called In the Aeroplane Over the Sea by Nutrimilk Hotel, who is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, I actually went to New Jersey to see, uh, the singer of that band perform and then drove to Athens to see the whole band perform. But that has a bunch of, I mean, it's kind of like there's no one memory tied to that. I just knew that the first time I had heard that song i was like who is this what is this i need it was kind of like the same thing i felt with nirvana and the same thing i felt with mighty mighty boston's just like my ears perked up and i was like whatever this is i want to be involved in it and uh neutral hotel has horns but it's kind of like indie rock with horns yeah, yeah. as opposed to like doing ska and stuff like that and it was like this marriage of like indie like general indie and indie rock with like horns um kind of acting as like uh not necessarily just playing a melody over and over again, like ska, a lot of horns are just like, bop, 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 you know, like whatever. Yeah, this with... is like playing whole notes and actually playing like a guitar or like a, you know, playing like a, a an auxiliary role in a band. Um, so, yeah, that song was was kind of hard to cut, but. Got to do three it. Three songs, man. Yeah. You got to make another one called Eight Song Stories or something. 
Yeah. <laughs> For the longer listen, 20 song stories featuring Mark. You know, all going all day. One of the questions I often asked is, um, um, you know, are there bands that most people haven't heard of that you would recommend? But I think we filled our podcast with that tonight. Probably. Yeah, there are <laughs> loads. There are loads and loads and loads of bands that I've played in or have listened to that um, that people should listen to. I mean, it, things are so different now with... <laughs> the kids these days. Things are so different now with the internet um, that there's just so much out there. Um, and it's so easy to get it, you know. I mean, I remember um, when BMG CDs came out, and you could, you know, pick whatever you wanted to. Um, and it's like that on, you know, on super steroids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, a lot of the bands that I mentioned, they might be giants if you've never heard them. Cake. A lot of the bands I listen to don't don't really subscribe to only one style of music. They listen to a bunch of stuff, and they play a bunch of stuff. Like Cake, you listen to one song, it's country, you listen to another song, it's, you know, funk. You listen it all kind of tastes the same, though. Right, and there's, but that's, that's what's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's what's interesting to me. I mean, I guess it's the vocals that kind of tie everything together um, in his kind of like deadpan delivery or whatever. But, um, you know, it's the same thing with They Might Be Giants. I right. mean, if you put on Flood by them, it's, you know, it's all quirky, but it's all different styles of music. And I guess I like that. One of my favorite bands growing up was Primus. Um, who are just kind of like in their own, in their own world. You've mentioned Primus a couple times. I heard a thing on NPR the other day about uh, uh, the main guy from Primus, Les Claypool. Les Claypool, and uh, Julian Lennon. Uh, is it Julian or Sean? I don't know. It's a Lennon kid. Yeah, okay. yeah. Uh, the the Claypool Lennon they delirium. Have a, yeah, they have a new album out, and it was a really interesting review that made me almost want to go listen to it. Are it's you... pretty good. It's weird. It's like it Beatlesy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of his, all of his kids are. Yeah, but Sean Lennon. I think it's Sean who does it. it. Yeah, he does some pretty out there. He is another person that um, a lot of his solo stuff. Um, I think it's on Spotify under Sean Ono Lennon. A lot of it's really, really, really good um, and uh, worth listening to. Like, he's good in his own right. When he sings in a low register, he sounds just like John Lennon. Huh. It's great. Um, what, uh, what is, um, so it, it, since we're not doing a, like a band to promote uh, the big ones, what's a local band? Because this gets listened to all over. What's a band here in Fort Myers or the surrounding area that you think deserves some attention? <laughs> People who don't live in our area. Why are you putting this pressure on me? Because oh, I like to. Uh, well, one band that I've been playing drums for a lot is a band called the Free Coasters. Um, they do reggae and soul, and they do it very, very well. They are super, super hardworking. They just worked on an album that I played congas on. I've, I've backed them. I've, their drummer lives about an hour away, so I've played with them more than a handful of times, and... Um, and they're just great. They're great people, and they're a great band. Um, oh, my God. I'm going to completely draw bank blank to all the bands that are from around here that I love. Um, yeah, uh, that's exactly what's happening. I can't think of any. I can't. I couldn't name four bands if you asked me right now. Mark Davis. Yes. Can you name four local bands? <laughs> <laughs> you really did it, you son of a bitch. That's, inter um, that's interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's uh, Andre De Saint who does rap, and he does it very, very well. He's really, really good. Um, he gets produced a lot by this guy Ryan Lay, um, who's who's really awesome, doing a lot of production stuff. Um, there are bands that were around here that I love that are like just probably too obscure. I mean, um, Strip Club Moms, one of my favorite local bands. Jayuna, one of my favorite local bands. 
and I was lucky enough to play in both of them. Um, and uh, yeah, there's uh, there's a band called uh, the Young Dead, which is, does um, kind of like uh, you had Angela yep. on as one of your guests. She was one of our first episodes. Yep, yeah. Uh, Kylie Ann, I play uh, drums for her. She does a lot of solo stuff, and we've done some full band stuff, uh, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, there are just so many, so many bands. Uh, best album, maybe not best album. What's the most? What's the most listened to album in your life? What have you spent the most cycles on? <clears throat> that's a really, really tough question. Um, are you not keeping data? No, you know, I. Like you know, I'm really bad about that. Hours? I'm terrible about that. A lot of Pavement's discography. Um, there's a band called uh, Kid Dakota that has an album called So Pretty, which is one of my favorite albums ever. Um, it is pretty dark, but it is really, really good. They actually came here almost a year ago and played it in its entirety, and You're I got here? to play and I got to play bass with them. That was another one of those uh, crowning achievements, uh, music wise. Um, you know, a bunch of stuff by Abbey Road by the Beatles, probably my favorite Beatles album. That's gotten loads of play. But at work, I sit and just put on an album and walk around and listen to it. Um, Bell and Sebastian, if you're feeling sinister. Oh, yeah, I like them. Um, just loads and loads and loads of stuff like that. Loads of stuff. Primus, pork soda, <laughs> bunch of weird stuff, you know. Um, uh, dream gig, if you can get it. Playing with somebody? Yeah. yeah if you're gonna drum Playing for drums for if somebody. If you're going to drum so. with a band. <laughs> Live or dead? Live or dead. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm of two minds. One mind is Primus. Because I basically learned playing drums and idolizing Tim Alexander as one of my favorite drummers of all time. And I know Primus songs back and forth. If I was playing stuff up to... Like, like if he broke his arm and you were at a concert, you could oh, be like, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. Either that or, or playing drums for the Beatles, something like that would be you know, remarkable. Is there a uh, past lineup you've played with that you would love to get back together? Uh, of bands that I've been in? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, we've done it a couple times, but playing with the Anchorite 4 is always a lot of fun. We actually played here uh, two years ago, something like that. Um, Greg was nice enough to actually fly our singer and guitarist down uh, to play with a band called Lemuria, who are really, really good. And uh, we played two shows here, and it was... I was like, There's, no one's going to show up for this. And people showed up for it. It was nuts. Um, so that's always a lot of fun. Uh, all the bands I've been in... We, we did a reunion for Table 9, which was like a seven- or eight-piece band. So you can imagine the logistics of trying to get our keyboard player. In this who, place right here? Uh, no, we played across the street. Oh. Did Playing you here would be a here? headache. <laughs> um, our keyboard player plays banjo now and lives in Maine. Um, you know, we have, like, people just all over the place. But we were able to get, get it together one year for they do, like, a ska fest uh, here once a year. And we're able to get everybody down here, and it was a blast. It was so much fun. Uh, everybody I've played with, I'd love to have Jayuna here. I've tried to get them together again, but they live Pacific Northwest, other coast, Ohio. So it's, I mean, it's always hard. I, I'd play with any of them. I love, you know, a lot of people kind of like shy away from their musical past, but I embrace it. I love every band I've been in. It's been, it's been a blast. I've been really, 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 really lucky to play with a lot of amazing musicians a lot of them so i'd i'd play with any of them are there any songs that you will always turn off if they come up on the radio or you are exposed to them for whatever reason i'm glad you asked this because i don't see what the hate with we built this city is oh my goodness i don't get it but it's the most hated song of here's all the time. thing it was voted the most hated song on a vh1 thing 
But, but and I, I but and I think ever since then we've collected our own data. And but I, I think ever since I'm then it has sure. just automatically made the public opinion that that song is bad. But I don't think it's that bad. So you like we built this city it's, on rock and roll? I don't love it, but oh, I like it. Okay, it's okay. You won't turn it off. Uh, I'm glad Seth's here tonight because the Stroke is one of the worst songs on the face of the planet. With, who is that? What? Uh, by Billy Squire. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah. Oh. Stroke me. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. The, the lyrics are offensive and weird. There's that thing where everybody's yelling stroke. It's just so bad. It's a guy with his jeans too tight. Black Dog by Led Zeppelin uh, really bothers me. That like weird time thing that happens. <laughs> Uh, it just, it always bugs the hell out of me. I love that you're defending yeah, we built this city. That makes me so happy. He's talking black dog. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I, I, I remember hearing about the music for the VH1 thing, and I was like, sit on my couch like, this song's not so bad. And then I started listening to the podcast, because I, I love this podcast. I love the idea and everything about Thank it in you. general. Um, but I remember listening, and like, it was just person after person, and it was almost like everybody was like, Maybe they like all said, saw the VH1 almost, special. That's what I'm you know saying. What I mean? It's like, like this public consciousness. Like that's how, that's how this like, hive mind. Like, uh, yeah. Is anybody here really in. that offended by we built this? Yeah. Show of hands. We we built this city on rock and roll. Like it? Love it. Love it. Okay. I mean, uh, hate it's, it. Uh, it's a jam. Who would, who would okay. Turn off some hates it. City. Oh, there's Bill Metz. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not it's not that bad. I mean, there's there's worse '80s schlock. Well, yeah. For sure to hate that we can all get behind. It's how far they fell. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, that's true. Because a lot of people don't realize that a, they're the remnants of Jefferson's yeah, like, uh, airplane, yeah. Jefferson's starship. So I by mean, then they were just bummer. starship going from yeah yeah, going from <laughs> White Rabbit to We Built a City. It is a drop, but <laughs> <laughs> when you put it when you put it like that, but, but it is not the worst song. If you're comparing it to itself, it's like, uh, but I mean, like you know, I don't I don't think it's the worst song. There's okay. you know we live in a world with that blue baba diba da ba song. I'll, I hate Eiffel? that song more. Yeah, yeah. Eiffel sixty five or whatever. What's a, it is. What's a I, yeah? What's a band that you've discovered recently that has got your attention? Yeah, like new on your radar. Uh, well, I mean, not terribly, terribly new, but Team Impala, I really like. In the last couple of years, I'm really, really into them. Um, other bands that I've discovered recently, you know, Spotify has done like wonders for making me like aware of other stuff. Where I'll put on an album, it'll get to the end of the album, and it'll just start playing a bunch of random stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm trying. To, there are a bunch of bands that I should have listened to a long ago that I've been getting more into. Uh, like guided by voices and bands like that um, that I never gave the time of day, whatever for you know years and years ago um, that I've been getting more into as of late. But those are the only two that come to mind. All right. Well, we are out of time, Mark Davis. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, no. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for coming out. Uh, thanks to thanks to nice guys. Yeah, thanks yeah, everybody. Yeah. If you guys have not listened to the other episodes of this podcast, it is really really great. You can go through and find people that you think are interesting, but all of them are interesting. And I was actually talking to someone earlier saying that I just find stories from people that live next door to you are some of the most interesting stories. When you try and yeah, amen. When you try and just find stories from the famous people or whatever, um, you know those are interesting too. But you know everybody puts their pants on the same. So when you talk I don't. to someone, I'm totally oh, you different. Don't? Yeah, yeah. How do you put them Two on? Two legs at a time. <laughs> he jumps right in. Fantastic. <laughs> But yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Thank you guys very much. This has been really, really Thank cool. Thank you very much.
Uh, we normally make this show in the WGCU studios on the Florida Gulf Coast University campus in Fort Myers, Florida, with some exceptions like tonight, which we hope to do again sooner than later. Richard Chinqui is co-creator and producer. Tara hey. Calligan is online content producer. Our executive producer is Chris Duffus up in Washington, D.C. And our theme song was created by Dave, Dave, Dave Cowan and Stick Martin at Monkey House Studio in St. Pete. This week's parting tune is a song by a band that I was in called The Incray Four. It's probably one of our better known songs. It's called Sky. Uh, so yeah, that's that. All right, I'm Mike Mary. Keep listening. Hey, hey, everybody, we're not going to stick around forever, but, you know, feel free to, like, hang out. Let's have some fun. Next time on Three Song Stories. He was just reading the lyrics really out loud to everyone in the living room. She was a fast machine. Yeah. She kept... I was like, Dad, Dad, I get it. You can have the CD. Please just stop doing this.